Welcome to the Pete on Software podcast, where we program with passion. This is the podcast that discusses technology, the business side of software, and the tech people that drive our industry. And now, here's your host, Pete Shearer. Hi, and welcome to episode 14 of the Pete on Software podcast. This is being recorded on Sunday, May 4th, 2014. Today, I want to talk about mentoring. There is kind of a built-in concept around mentoring that a lot of developers subscribe to. Currently, there's a segment of the developer population that sees developers like craftsmen. In their view, a developer starts off as an apprentice, then becomes a journeyman, and ultimately a master craftsman. In true tradesmen, apprenticing to a master that is almost a pure mentorship relationship. In software, those relationships rarely or if ever exist naturally, and I'm concerned about developers who buy into that and feel that they're being mentored because their department has code reviews or something. I know I chose a bit of a hot-button issue by bringing up the craftsman, uh, the craftsmanship movement. In fact, the only one of my blog posts that I am aware of that ever really got slammed by someone else was on this topic. I feel that the slammer totally missed the point and dragged the analogy of a craftsman too far so that he could argue reductio ad absurdum, but even if you want to get past my minor complaints and look into the community, you don't have to go back very many weeks to get to the recent Alan Stevens' Uncle Bob dust-up over the term. My point with even bringing up craftsmen and bringing them into this is that I feel like this is how many people see mentorship in the software community. The team lead is there to mentor the staff, making him the mentor, and now you have a mentor and that's it. A team lead is supposed to help his team grow their skills, but I think that it cheapens the concept of a mentor to think that that is all that there is to it. As a noun, one definition of mentor means an experienced and trusted advisor. But when I talk about mentor relationships, I mean much more than that. To me, when you mentor someone, you are committed to offering guidance, advice, support, accountability, and chastisement, as well as training. I don't believe that you're going to be very successful in finding a mentor if you rely on people paid and assigned to do the job, like a lead. There are so many factors like temperament, relative skill set, etc., that have to work out just right. Honestly, finding the right mentors can be harder than finding the right person to date sometimes. I also don't believe that people should have just one mentor. As programmers and tech types, we could find people who can help us grow in our careers if we're diligent. The individuals who put themselves out there speaking and attending code camps and hackathons and contribute to open source are screaming that they're willing to share what they've learned with others. I also realize that a vast majority of developers don't actually do these things. It is so easy to get caught in our own echo chamber. We attend user groups and conferences and write and read blogs and we're on Twitter and it's easy to think that everyone is, or that the entire community is two degrees of separation from someone who participates. The sad fact is that that isn't even true. I've seen it. I've had to consult places where they had hundreds of developers, literally hundreds of developers, and not one of them met my definition of average. Given those numbers though, maybe my definition of average is wrong. That's slight aside notwithstanding. My point is that while you, you who are enterprising enough to find and listen to my small podcast may not have the trouble finding someone to share programming knowledge with you. Maybe you are having a tough time finding someone to pay it forward to. If you work someplace like I've described, or if you have friends that do, maybe you could try to bring those people along, the ones who want to anyway. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. But really, with regards to programmers, I'm actually more concerned with mentorship outside of software. We have a reputation for not being very good with soft skills, and that reputation is not entirely undeserved. We should be seeking out mentors who can guide us in interpersonal communication, writing skills, tact, business acumen, playing politics, things like that. 
Those are the mentors that you probably don't have piled up outside your door and filling up your Twitter feeds. You should find individuals who are talented in these areas within your company or within your social sphere and learn from them. If you don't know anyone who fits that bill, you need to network more. So how do you land a mentor? It is possible to cold call someone and get them on board, but that probably isn't the highest possible success rate. However, I do think that you need to actually ask someone to mentor you. It is a serious commitment on both sides. The best possible situation is that you have someone identified and you've interacted with this person enough to have a relationship where you feel free to come to them with a request. In my opinion, you don't have to use the word mentor if you think it's too corny or if it won't be received well or if you feel that the term might be too loaded with preconceived notions. I do believe that you must ask though. You could say something like, Bob, I really respect the way that you handle situations in the office. You always seem to keep a level head and you communicate well. I think I can learn a lot from your experience and I wonder if you'd be willing to meet with me once a month for breakfast to talk about these things and give you an opportunity to hold me accountable to the advice or lessons that you share. It doesn't have to be one time a month, it doesn't have to be for breakfast, and it doesn't have to be worded to that way. There's no magic formula, but it's just an idea of of how you might come to that person. Ideally, you'd also be free to hit this person up in off times to check in with them. You are asking for a lot and don't be too discouraged if they say no. They might, they just might not have the time or the interest, and that's okay. But if you just ask in the most milk toast way possible and don't communicate what you want or need, you'll end up frustrated and you may even damage your relationship with the person as you grow to resent them for not helping you. As with any relationship, communications of expectations is key. Another idea here is the idea of mastermind groups. You may have heard of these, particularly in the business realm, but if you're looking for someone to really teach and guide you and bring you along from a level from maybe that apprentice level and bring you up, a mastermind group really isn't for you. What a mastermind group is, is it's really a meeting of those experts. A lot of times the top mastermind groups actually have limited memberships, applications for memberships, review processes. They're looking for people who are all of like mind and like experience so that iron can sharpen iron. A group of top CEOs maybe, or a group of entrepreneurs who are really, really involved with their business and are at a certain point in their business or a certain point their career. Or sometimes it's it's mixed professions, but these are people who are kind of at that high level in those positions so that they can all help each other kind of um, across disciplines. If you are at that point, that's good. And, and maybe a mastermind group is what you should seek out. If you are not at that point, I would definitely recommend trying the track that I've laid out here. Hopefully I've intrigued at least some of you to consider seeking out some mentors or maybe taking on some mentees. My first pick of the week this week is a blog post entitled coding the movies, don't fake it. And I'll link to it in the show notes. I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast has been annoyed at the way programming is portrayed in movies. (coughs) Swordfish. (coughs) Or maybe you felt a tantrum coming on while watching code on a screen that is useless, some dumb hello world, or just the HTML for Google's homepage scrolling by. Well, Paul McReynolds, the author of the blog post, is a guy that's been hired to make programming sequences seem real. If you found yourself appreciating the code in The Social Network or in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, then you've admired some of Paul's work that he was hired to do for David Fincher's movies. The post has a little behind the scenes, followed by reasons that more TV shows and movies should really follow suit with what David Fincher's done. Interesting for us and a must-read for studio types. My next pick of the week is another blog post, And this one's called, You Were Not the Average User. And again, I'll have the link for you in the show notes. This week, it came out that Google Chrome was going to remove the address bar and make URLs not so front and center. I hate that idea, and I was really grumpy about it earlier this week. I regularly navigate by changing URLs around. But as Hugo reminds us in the post, 
We are not the average user. My non-techie wife wouldn't change a URL ever. She doesn't care what it is or really how it works. So the security measures and ease of use Chrome is adding might be a big help to her. Chrome is trying to appeal to a demographic more like hers than mine, since it represents the greater portion of the masses. We need that constant reminder to think like a user. That's it for this week. If you have any questions or feedback, you can reach me on Twitter as at PeteOnSoftware or on my blog, PeteOnSoftware.com. My show notes will be up on my blog or on this podcast dedicated site at www.PeteOnSoftware.com slash podcast. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. (laughs) 